Welcome everyone to episode 11 of the DC Comics News Podcast. This is Editor-in-Chief Josh Rayner coming at you with all the news in the world of DC Comics. Now I'd like to start off the show a little bit on a somber note. Um, this, this week we lost a, a legend in, in the comics industry, the one and only Stan Lee. Passed away at the age of 95. It's, it's a tragic loss. I mean, I know he he was you know he wasn't he was old obviously he was ninety five but you know it's no no matter what it's 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 difficult to lose somebody like Stan Lee who has been a part of of all of our lives really for you know decades. Um, I know for me when I was probably I don't know eleven or twelve I remember. But the first time I had, you know, I actually recognized his name, like knew who he was, uh, was when I was watching uh, the Kevin Smith film Mallrats, and he has uh, his cameo in there. And that was the first time I had ever put a face to a, a comic creator. You know, I'd never, th- you know, thought about it. These were just, you know, books that, you know, picture books that I read as a kid, you know. I, it wasn't something that I thought about back then, but you know when I once you know being introduced to him through there, it really, it really broadened and broadened my horizons to to kind of seek out more of his stuff. You know, it's when I started getting into things like Spider Man and and the Fantastic Four and Hulk and and, and all that stuff, and you know it, it really helped shape who I am. Today, as a as a comic lover, you know, as a as a member of the fandom of the geek community, and it's, I don't know, it's it's really hard to describe the, the feeling, and I'm sure a lot of you out there are feeling the same way. Um, when I first heard that he had passed, I just I, I was sitting on my couch, and I just I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I, I I, I couldn't, you know, I was kind of numb to it all because it, it was shocking. And for me, celebrity deaths don't, for the most part, they don't affect me like that, you know, because it's like, yeah, sure, I, you know, I, I, I know their work and things like that, and it's really sad, but I don't get that emotional. But this year, this is the third time this year that a celebrity death has has just kind of hit me and and, and hit me hard um earlier in the year when uh Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park passed away that one that one just broke me i that band has been a big part of my life um for a long time and it it really hit me hard and then uh the summer when John Schnepp passed away that one, you know, I, I've been following him for the last several years, and that one, that one broke me as well. And now with Stan Lee, it's like, it, you know, can, can this year just end? Can it just stop? I don't know if I can take any more of it. You know, Stan Lee, he 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 touched millions of people's lives. He he affected millions of, of people's lives, and he changed the world. Frankly. You know, um, without him, I don't think 
comic books would be where they are. I don't honestly. I I feel like without Stan Lee, comic books would probably still be that thing that are looked down upon. Um, if if they were even really still around all that much at all, he really he reinvigorated what it means to tell a story in, in this fashion, and I I, I don't want. His legacy is to, to, to be, you know, overshadowed or, or, or you know, underappreciated or anything like that. You have to, you know, sit back and, and, and just take a look at the, everything that he's created and and what it all led to and how it how it has shaped the world that, that as we see it today. You know, it's it's amazing to to see where it's come. You know, in the in the decades that he's been. That he had been around and that he had been working in this industry, and all the things that he brought, you know, that he brought with him, you know, that he brought to this uh, this industry, and I don't know, it's it's amazing that one man could just just change lives and shape the world in in a way like that, Un- unsuspectingly too, because you wouldn't think, you know, that a comic creator would would have that type of an impact but he did he's one of the few that really really did so stanley you will be missed sorely you your legacy will live on and you know i hope that you're in a better place now and uh you know i i, I know i'll miss you and the millions of others out there will miss you but you will never be forgotten Excelsior. Alright, so now I'd like to kind of just give a quick just moment of silence for Stan, alright? Alright, thank you. Alright, so now we're gonna we're gonna move on to the news. We got quite a bit to cover, so we're gonna kinda of just jump right in. I'm gonna start off with uh, the movie news as usual. Uh, we're, we have a Superman double feature heading to the theaters. Uh, the Death of Superman and Reign of the Superman, the two animated films, uh, are going to be coming to theaters uh, in January as a double feature. WB, DC, and Fathom Events are putting together a special two-day premiere event on January 13th and 14th. The two-part film... Uh, is an a- animated adaptation of The Death of Superman, which was uh, DC's landmark uh, comic um, storyline from uh, 1992 to 1993. Uh, the films feature an all-star voice cast led by Jerry O'Connell, Rebecca Romaine, and Rain Wilson as the voices of Superman, Lois Lane, and Lex Luthor, respectively. Um, the Death of Superman, I, I loved it. I remember back in 07 watching uh, Superman Doomsday, and I was like, oh, yeah, cool. They're, they're adapting the death of Superman. That, that's, that's awesome. And at the time, it was really cool, but when you, you, when you look back on it, you, know, you have like a 70, 75-minute you know, animated film. It just doesn't do justice to that whole storyline because they tried they just crammed everything into that one they tried to at least cram everything into that one film so when i heard that they were going to be doing uh the death of superman and the reign of the superman as two two 
separate films tying these stories together. I was like, that's fantastic. Because I, I, I thought it worked great with um, Dark Knight Returns, doing it as a two-parter. And this was a natural uh, story to do that with. And yes, you know, obviously they had done the story, you know, t- you know what, 11 years ago. But doing a, a new interpretation of it and get it, I feel like getting it right, getting it closer to the source material, uh, that was something that was important to do, I think. And uh, seeing the film, I thought it was fantastic, the first one, Death of Superman. Now, with the reign of the Superman, I'm really excited to see how they portray, you know, all the various Supermen from, you know, Cyborg Superman and Superboy and uh, the Eradicator and Steel. And I even got to talk to uh, the cast of uh, Reign of the Superman during New York Comic Con, which I'll be uh, posting those. Uh, uh, roundtable interviews soon, um, and they're you know they seemed really excited for this film. They loved work. They love working on it. Uh, the writers, uh, you know, they really had a blast. Uh, uh, you know, going through and adapting this and, and and bringing their own flair to it. So I'm really excited for it. The trailer looked really good. Um, it's, it's the same character designer and everything, so, you know, the look will be the same. So, I, I'm really excited, and to have it as a double feature in the theaters, that's what I'm most excited for. To see them back-to-back on the big screen, I think that's going to be fantastic. So, uh, like I said, that's January 13th and 14th. Make sure to head on over to Fathom Events. You can actually order your tickets now. So make sure that you uh, you get your tickets uh, for this fantastic uh, must-see uh, event that they're doing. Um, like I said, through Fathom Events. It's fathomevents.com. Just head on over there and, uh, and get your tickets now. Uh, next up, Danny Elfman's Batman score is getting a vinyl release from Mondo. Mondo is pressing Elfman's score on vinyl for the first time since its original release to celebrate the film's 30th anniversary. Uh, Mondo is releasing two new versions of Elfman's soundtrack. One is a deluxe edition of 2,000 copies comprised of two LPs that include unreleased cues from the film. The wax is pressed to match the respective color schemes of uh, Michael Keaton's Batman and Jack Nicholson's Joker. Uh, The first LP is pressed on a yellow and black swirl, while the second will be pressed on a purple and green swirl. There is also a more accessible standard edition containing one disc pressed on black and purple split vinyl. Both versions were produced by Neil S. Bulk and uh, feature artwork by Killian Eng. Bulk and Eng uh, previously worked on Mongo's, uh, or Mondo's pressing of Elfman's Batman Returns score, uh, which was released last year. Now this vinyl's really kind of uh, been coming back pretty strong lately. I've been seeing a lot of different uh, films getting uh, vinyl releases. I know that uh, Halloween just got one, which I really want to pick up uh, from Mondo. And now with uh, Elfman's Batman score getting one, this, I, I, I honestly, I, I kind of just want to get myself a, a record player and, uh, and get pick up these vinyls and just check them out uh, on these newly pressed uh, uh, vinyls. 
they look awesome. I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's something you could frame too. You know, if you're not going to necessarily listen to it, maybe just buy it as a, as a, as a collector's piece. They look awesome, and you can, uh, you can, uh, I believe you can pre-order them now. You might, they, I'm not sure if they're actually uh, available yet. I think you have uh, just pre-order them, but you can head over to Mondo's uh, site and uh, and give those a check out. They they look fantastic. So uh, make sure you pick up a copy or two even of Danny Elfman's Batman score on vinyl. Next up. The Shazam film has extended their uh, additional filming. Originally, they had reshoots, uh, which were slated from November 1st to November 18th, but they have now been extended to December 22nd, so like a whole, like five weeks extra of uh, reshoots. Uh, but don't panic just yet. According to sources of the report, Warner Brothers is so happy with the film that they have greenlit additional budget to allow for more shooting. Uh, this this is great news to me. A lot of times, you know, you hear reshoots and you inst- like I said, you know, you, people instantly panic. So you just don't don't do that. They're so happy with this film that they just they gave them more money to do stuff to, to add more to it. I don't know what they're going to add to it, but I'm really excited. Like the Aquaman film. Shazam! I haven't heard of any bad behind-the-scenes stuff with the uh, with the Shazam film, and that's one of the things that really makes me excited because several of the past DCEU films, you know, were just wrought with with controversy and with uh, production issues and all that stuff. So to to not have that floating around these next two films. That's fantastic. That really makes me feel good about uh, where DC's going, where they're headed. And uh, I'm really excited to see Aquaman, but Shazam, I think, is one of... Uh, uh, it's, it's, one, it's definitely one of the ones I'm looking forward to the most for next year. And uh, I gotta say, it looks fun, and I really hope that they use these... Uh, extra few weeks of reshoots to really do something awesome and you know keep your fingers crossed maybe we'll actually get that henry cavill superman cameo that uh they were trying to negotiate maybe we'll actually get it keep your fingers crossed uh shazam will hit theaters on april 5th of 2019 and uh speaking of aquaman we got uh a behind the scenes video that that dropped this week had uh, James Wan and the cast kind of diving into the uh, into the films and the making of it and, and kind of what makes the film special. Uh, you got to see some amazing set pieces and uh, and the costumes and the makeup and everything. Um, some of the like the stunt work, the wire work, um, and there was some pretty cool uh, new footage going on. Go on YouTube and check out this uh, behind the scenes video. It's like a I think it's like a three minute video. It's really cool. Um, I love James Wan. I love hearing him talk about his films. He has so much passion for him for his films, and I I think he's the reason that that this film is going to just blow it out. You know, he he puts so much heart into his films. He, he you know when he loves something, he he takes it to the max, and uh, I'm really excited to see what he does with it. And that one comes out uh, December 21st here in the states, and then it comes. I know that in the UK. 
it comes out the week before on the 14th, and in China it actually is coming out on December 7th, so it'll be kind of staggered throughout the world. Uh, but like I said, you know, it's worldwide, it'll be on uh, the 21st of December. That wraps up our movie news. wasn't really too much in the in the world of movie news. Um, next up is our TV and streaming news. All right, so we're gonna start off with uh, some Swamp Thing casting news. There's a whole bunch, so I'm just kind of kind of go through them somewhat quickly because there are uh, six casting announcements uh, total for uh, Swamp Thing. Uh, first off, we have Kevin Durand cast as Jason Woodrow, uh, better known as the Floronic Man. The official description of Durand's character for the series is prickly genius Jason Woodrow is a biogeneticist without without equal, and he knows it. Brought in to study the unique properties of a small town Louisiana swamp, Woodrow becomes fixated on unlocking the potential contained within, leading to tragic and monstrous consequences. Uh, there's no, uh, there's been no word as to whether or not he'll actually uh, become the Floronic Man in the series. Um, if not in the in the first season, hopefully you know into the second. But it's something to look forward to. Uh, Kevin Durant, I love. He was on uh, Lost and he was on The Strain, which I loved him on The Strain. So I'm actually really looking forward to seeing him uh, in this show. Next up, we have Henderson Wade cast as Matt Cable. Wade has joined uh, the Swamp Thing series as the role of Matt Cable. Cable is a Louisiana lawman who will be a recurring character on the show. Cable first appeared in Swamp Thing number 1 in 1972 and was tasked with protecting Holland. Uh, Wade also recently appeared uh, or plays a role as uh, Sheriff Michael Mineta in the uh, CW series Riverdale. Which, you know, since he's a cop in that, he seems to be a, a good choice for uh, the role of Matt Cable since he's also a lawman. Uh, we have Avery and Maria Sunderland have been cast. Uh, will Patton will be playing Avery Sunderland. And Virginia Madsen has been cast as Maria Sunderland. Uh, as its most prominent businessman, Avery Sunderland serves as the de facto patriarch of his Louisiana hometown, always giving back to the community. His benevolent veneer, however, masks a ruthless determination to harness the power of the swamp for profit. And Maria Sunderland, who traded in her privileged upbringing for the swamps of Marius when she married local businessman magnate Avery Sunderland, but Avery's lifetime obsession with the swamp has driven a wedge between him and Maria. Her po- her poised existence is shaken further when the return of Abby Arcane reawakens a deep grief over the loss of Maria's daughter, Shauna, drawing her into the dark supernatural mysteries emerging from the swamp. And the Swamp Thing leads have been cast, both uh, Swamp Thing and Alec Holland, have uh, been cast for the show. Uh, Alec Holland will be portrayed by uh, It Chapter 2 actor Andy Bean, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s Derek Mears will be playing Swamp Thing. Now, all of this casting news really excites me because they just started pumping it out, boom, 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 like every day, like you had a new casting announcement, a new casting announcement, which m- makes me believe that they're really rolling forward fast 
on this new Swamp Thing series. Um, I'm not sure. It's, it's obviously it's supposed to drop in 2019. I don't know where in the slate it's going to drop. I know that the next uh, show to drop on the DC Universe app is going to be Young Justice, and that's in uh, January. Um, and my assumption is that Doom Patrol will be the one after that because they've already been uh, filming that one and everything. So my, I'm assuming that once uh, Season 3 of Young Justice is done, Doom Patrol will start up. So maybe Swamp Thing will be the one that picks up after that. So we're probably looking at about 6 to 7 months, maybe 8 uh, before we would see it, so they, I feel like they got plenty of time just to start production and get that rolling. Um, in order, because since it's a weekly show, they can continue to uh, film while the show is going. So, I'm I'm actually really excited. It's one of the shows that I'm most excited for, and uh, I, I I I like these uh, casting announcements. Will Patton is he's a fantastic actor, as is uh, Virginia Madsen. Um, I like uh, Henderson Wade. Um, uh, he's you know, like I said, he's on Riverdale, and, and he kind of plays not a very nice guy on Riverdale, but you know, I like what he brings to it. So I think it'll be um, interesting here. Like I said before, Kevin Durant, he's great. I don't really know uh, Andy Bean all that much. Derek Mears, is, he, he's good too. So I'm uh, I'm pretty excited uh, for that. Next up, we have a whole bunch of uh, Arrowverse news that has dropped. We got our first image of Superman and Lois Lane from the Arrowverse crossover. It's it's a pretty simple image. It's Tyler Hecklin and Elizabeth Tulick uh, in their roles as Superman and Lois Lane uh, with what looks kind of like uh, the icy backdrop of the Fortress of Solitude behind them. It's kind of in the classic you know, pose of him standing there uh, doing his superhero pose while she's holding on to him. Um, like I said, it's a pretty simple image, but it, it, I, I like the way it looks, and uh, I, I've been really liking everything that I've been seeing and hearing about this Elseworlds crossover. So, you know, I, go online, check out this image, see what you think. Let me know in the comments uh, if you like the image, and if you're excited for the crossover, if you're excited to see Superman in it, and Lois Lane. You know, she's... Uh, uh, coming in for the first time, we haven't seen her yet, so that's really cool. And I think they actually look good together as a as a couple. I, I was worried because she's like eight years older than him, and uh, I I remember him from Teen Wolf, and she was on Grimm, but like when they were on those separate shows, I couldn't I could not picture them being like a couple because they just it, she seems so much more so so much older and more mature. But this image. I think they really did a good job. They really they they look like they like like they'll mesh well together. Like they'll hopefully they'll have the the on screen chemistry as well. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, speaking of the Arrowverse crossover, we also got uh, our first trailer for uh, for it. It's about twenty to thirty seconds long, so it's kind of like a, a teaser. It might be you know it's kind of like a TV spot. You know something that they'll probably be showing um, uh, during the the episodes. Uh, on the CW, uh, in the trailer we see Oliver. He kind of wakes up. Um, Iris is there. She gives, she kisses him, and then calls him Barry Allen, which is like, whoa, what's going on here? And 
uh, he looks very confused, which I thought was really interesting. Because when you when we first saw the, the images of uh, Stephen Amell in the Flash suit and Grant Gustin in the, in the Green Arrow suit, you know, I just kind of assumed that Oliver Queen had gotten uh, the powers of the Flash and that, you know, Barry Allen, you know, things had happened to him that caused him to become the Green Arrow in this in this uh, in this new uh, universe or whatever. But it seems like something else is going on, and Oliver is Barry, but he doesn't understand. Like he, to him, he's Oliver Queen. At least from that's what the, that's what I'm taking from this trailer. He's he doesn't understand why he's being called Barry Allen. So. I'm, that really uh, has made me more intrigued for this uh, this crossover, and to kind of see what 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 they're doing with it. It's kind of it's kind of wild. Um, next up, John Barrowman will be returning to Arrow this season. Uh, Barrowman dropped the big news during a Torchwood panel at the uh, Supernova convention in Brisbane, Australia. The announcement, while exciting, surely has some fans confused as Malcolm Merlin is currently believed to be dead following Season season 5's Lian Yu incident. Merlin allegedly laid down his life to save his daughter, Thea Queen, and others by detonating a landmine under his foot to cause a diversion. Now, I'm totally fine with Merlin coming back. We didn't actually see the body. We don't, you know, so who knows? Anything could happen. Maybe he just kind of lost. Maybe he lost a leg or something. You know, who knows? And he could still be there. You know, he could have made it off that island. It could be uh, a different version. Could be a different Earth version of Malcolm Merlin. Um, it could be a different time period. We've seen that before on Legends, where you know, coming, you know, being pulled from different times. So who knows? It could be almost anything. But I love John Barrowman, so. Any reason to get him back on the show, I'm totally okay with. Uh, we had some uh, mid-season premieres that were released. We found out that Black Lightning will be moving to Mondays in uh, 2019, and uh, Legends of Tomorrow will actually be taking a three-month break, not coming back until the spring. Um, I, they, they seem to do that a lot with Legends of Tomorrow. I don't know if it's... Um, like a filming thing, like they need more time, so they take longer breaks. Because they did that last year where they took the break and put Supergirl in its place. Um, so I, I don't I don't know if me if that's what the deal is, but yeah, it looks like Legend Tomorrow won't be coming back. And you know, once it once it goes on hiatus, which it hasn't happened yet, but once it goes on hiatus, it won't be back until the spring. Um, and it'll actually probably be joined by uh, iZombie because that one's supposed to be coming back uh, in the spring as well. And like I said, Black Lightning will be moving to Mondays, taking over that Legends of Tomorrow spot uh, up again, uh, side by side with uh, Arrow, leaving Flash all alone on uh, Tuesday nights. And speaking of Black Lightning, Black Lightning has cast Power Rangers star R.J. Kyler. Uh, Kyler will play a recurring character named Todd Green, described as a gangly and awkward tech genius who's passed over for a research grant. Green's bitterness will lead him to join with Black Lightning's nemesis, Tobias Whale. You know, it's, having some fresh blood in there for uh, Black Lightning and the crew to to go up against, I think that's you know that, that's a good idea. 
Um, I, I really liked RJ in uh, Power Rangers. I, I'm, you know, I thought it was a decent flick, other than some obvious flaws. But uh, I, I really liked his performance, so uh, I think it's a, yeah, hey, you know, why not? Bring him on, see how he does. Next up, uh, CW has ordered a pilot for Vertigo's Survivors Club. The CW is developing Survivors Club, a drama series based on the comics from DC's Vertigo imprint. Written by Jared Frieder, Survivors Club is based on characters created for DC Vertigo by Lauren Bukes, Dale Helverson, and Ryan Kelly. In a world where horror franchise monsters are real, twins Jason and Jennifer barely survived a demonic childhood possession that claimed their mother's life and fractured their bond. Ten years later, when a new evil force awakens, the siblings join forces with other teen survivors to combat the literal and metaphorical monsters that haunt them. Uh, this marks the latest series project based on a vertical property. Uh, it's looking to join iZombie, which is heading into its fifth and final season on the CW, as well as Luc- Lucifer, which is uh, moving over to Netflix, and AMC's Preacher, which will be getting a uh, fourth season soon. Uh, there's been no release date yet announced for Survivor's Club. This actually sounds really cool. Uh, horror franchise monsters that are real. You know, it, it sounds kind of meta, and I love that kind of stuff. So Vertigo always has some right, kind of really weird and freaky stuff. So I love that, that, that they're picking up some of these Vertigo properties. I hope that they you know, start picking up more because you can get some really cool stuff from Vertigo. Um, so I'll definitely be checking out uh, Survivor's Club when that one hits. Next up, Ben McKenzie is set to write an episode for the final season of Gotham. After five years of playing a young Commissioner Gordon on Gotham, Ben McKenzie has had the opportunity to not only act, but direct multiple episodes, as well as write an episode for season four. For the series' fifth and final season, McKenzie will once again take on the role of writer for one of the episodes, specifically episode 9. It was originally thought to be the final episode of the series, uh, but it was recently confirmed by Fox that it would actually be, like I said, episode 9, while the final episode will be written by John Stevens. Gotham is set to return to Fox on Thursday, January 3rd of 2019. Um, you know, hey, I'm pretty excited for this. I love Ben McKenzie, so you know, if he's uh, got a good story going on for it, if they have something cool and he wants to tell that, then you know what? More power to him. And uh, Gotham is one of my favorite uh, DC shows on right now, so uh, I, anything they want to do, you know, kind of bring in something, some cool storylines or whatever, I'm all for it, so I'm pretty excited for that. And our last story in TV and streaming is Jeremy Irons has been revealed to be Ozymandias in HBO's Watchmen. Uh, Slash Film is reporting that Irons is playing none other than the older version of Adrian Veidt, a.k.a. Ozymandias, a key character from the original Watchmen comic series. Uh, The HBO Watchmen series is set to come out next year. There's really not a whole lot that has been revealed about it. Um, they're keeping pretty tight-lipped, so uh, it's actually pretty interesting that we got this uh, this bit of news. Um, I really like this because it, it shows that they're they are really trying to tie it to uh, the original series, but taking it forward. 
you know um they're trying to make it their own but they're still having those links and i can't wait to see who else they might reference or tie in and and what else um they might do i've heard some rumors that uh more of the squid creatures have come down and, 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 and wreaked a bit more havoc. And there's some other crazy stuff going on, which I can't really talk about. So it's really, it sounds really cool. I'm actually really excited for it. But it's like I said, they, they've been keeping really hush about it. So it's like you don't get much buzz. So I think once they finally start marketing this thing, it's going to be heavy and you're, I, th- I feel like people are really going to be excited for it once um, the push actually comes for HBO's Watchmen. Next up, we have our comic book news. Uh, first story, DC Black Label is expanding to include some classics from the DC Universe. Uh, according to publisher Dan DiDio, the DC Black Label line will house the best and most evergreen stories from DC. The company has a long history that includes some of the most recognizable and renowned storytelling in comics, and we want to honor that history by putting them under one banner. Uh, I have a list of some of the upcoming uh, classic books that have been released, and these ones will all be uh, coming out between December of this year and the in December of next year. So within that, you know, that that one year time frame, we'll be getting all of these. Uh, re-released books under the Black Label uh, banner. We have All-Star Superman. Uh, We have DC's The New Frontier. We have Watchmen, Kingdom Come, Frank Miller's Ronin, Batman Year One, All-Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder Volume One. Uh, We have the entire Dark Knight uh, Returns sagas. We have uh, Batman and Dark Knight Returns. We have Dark Knight Strikes Again and uh, Dark Knight 3, The Master Race. We have Luther, the 10th Anniversary Edition. We have The Joker, the 10th Anniversary Edition. We have Batman Arkham Asylum. Batman The Killing Joke. Batman Year 100. Superman Red Sun. Batman The Long Halloween. Black Orchid. Batman Dark Victory. Batman Haunted Night. And Catwoman When in Rome. So there's some pretty uh, good titles coming out. I think that's awesome because it'll give people an opportunity to pick these up. Um, you know, they'll be keeping them in a, in a reasonable price range, which is good. And these are some of the uh, mo- these. Are, honestly, a large portion of, of the the books that are on this list are in the you know top essential DC storyline like graphic novels to pick up. So I, I'm really excited that they're putting these uh, under. The, the, the black label uh, line. Next up, we have uh, the Walmart Holiday uh, Giant Special has hit shelves. Uh, this uh, special giant size issue, it, you know, it's coming alongside. You know, they've been releasing all these giant size issues every month. You have the the Superman one. You have Flat, or you know, you have uh, Teen Titans, uh, Justice League, and Batman. They, I know they have a Flash one coming out soon. Uh, for Halloween, they did a big Swamp Thing one, so uh, it's, it's really cool to see them doing these, and I like that they're doing these special one-shot kind of ones uh, for various holidays. And this one, it's, it's all you know, kind of like Christmas type themed. Uh, I think there might be there might be a Hanukkah story. I'm not 100 percent sure, but the 
the one brand new story that is in this book it centers around the flash and it's called the riot before christmas and uh he has to go to uh, blackgate and deal with uh, a riot that involves a you know a bunch of his you know, rogues gallery it's actually a really cool story so if you have the opportunity to pick it up i highly recommend uh, checking out this uh, holiday special from walmart and lastly, uh, this one's, it's not quite comic book, it's more book. It's about a, no, uh, a new novel that's coming out. It's Harley Quinn Mad Love. It's a novelization uh, of the, uh, the Mad Love uh, storyline. Titan Books has, uh, has released their latest novelization called Harley Quinn Mad Love uh, by Paul Dini and Pat Cadigan. Back in September, they released Batman the Killing Joke as part of uh, this three-part series of books that they're doing. And this coming February, we will see the release of Batman the Court of Owls. Written by Paul Dini, co-creator of Harley Quinn and Pat Cadigan, uh, Harley Quinn Mad Love acts as a more intimate version of the 1994 one-shot comic by Dini and Bruce Timm, The Batman Adventures Mad Love. This storyline returns to Harley Quinn's formative childhood when she witnessed her father being beaten up by criminals and then arrested by the police. She runs away to the Coney Island amusement park, pursued into the funhouse by the thugs that harmed her father, where she experiences unimaginable horrors. Years later, Dr. Quinzel has buried her past and is assigned to Arkham Hospital, the gloomy abode of Gotham's clown prince of crime, the Joker. Here she becomes obsessed with the charismatic lunatic and discovers a darker sense of herself and transforms into one of the most endearing supervillains ever. Uh, Dini, in an interview, told Sci-Fi Wire, It was a challenge and a thrill to set down the definitive chronicle of Harley's life in novel form. Building on the comic special, originally created by Bruce Timm and myself, I sat down and detailed I set down a detailed history of Harleen Quinzel's early days, her time with the Joker, and the choices she made after that. Pat Cadigan then crafted a beautifully written story that really gets into Harley's head, showing her as both a smart, strong, and very funny woman, but one who is who tragically falls victim to her passions and conflicting emotions. Um, I I got I picked up my copy. I got a, a copy from Titan Books. Uh, the wonderful people over at Titan Books, and it—I've—I've I've started reading it. It's, so far, it's—it's it's really good. It's fantastic. Um, you can pick it up right now. It's available. You can uh, probably go to you know your local bookstore, uh, probably even at you know your local comic book shop, or you can go online and pick it up. These novelizations are fantastic, and I really recommend checking them out if you if you love these stories. Uh, if you love diving into uh, these characters a bit more, and uh, you know, check it out. It's really cool, and the 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 cover art is fantastic. It is some of the best cover art that I, for a book that I've ever seen. Um, it's something that I would love to get a a large print of and have it hanging on my wall. That's how that's how fantastic it looks. So definitely go check out Harley Quinn Mad Love uh, in stores now. That about wraps up our news section. And next is our Spinner Rack uh, segment where I talk about the top five uh, books coming out this week. Uh, so I'm just going to jump right in. Our, my number five pick is Electric Warriors number one. A new tale of the DC Universe set in a previously unexplored timeline, the Cosmic Dark Age. 
Years after the great disaster, the Earth has started to rebuild and rejoin the Universal Coalition. In order to prevent a galactic war, different worlds throughout the known cosmos have created a new system of competitive combat to give each participating planet their own voice in the intergalactic struggle. Each world has one diplomatic gladiator chosen to possess the electric seed and fight for their homeland as the electric warrior. Each fighter forsakes their personal life in the name of peace. So what happens when Earth can't choose a single combatant and sends two instead? The bruiser war cry represents the humans of Earth, while Deep Dweller, a shapeshifter from the octopus tribe, represents the animal kingdom. Can they maintain one common goal, or will they tear Earth's tenuous coexistence to shreds and destroy the rest of the universe with it? Oh, and Warcry also has a powerful relic from the Earth's past, Superman's cape. Number 4 is Supergirl number 24. Supergirl goes bar hopping in space. Hot on the trail of Rogal Zar, Supergirl is on the hunt for the Krypton Killer's mysterious cohorts known as the Circle. That quest finds the Maid of Might kicking over rocks at a scuzzy intergalactic dive bar where she runs into Ambush Bug, of all people, not to mention a wretched hive of scum and villains who want to kill her too. But before Supergirl can track down Krypton's former location, her suit's yellow sun energy starts to run out which is going to leave her gasping in the vacuum of space. Number three is Catwoman number, Catwoman number five. A secret hideout is supposed to be just that, secret. So how did her new villain's criminal crew know, know where to plant an explosive in Selena's new pad? As if that blow-up weren't bad enough, the cops come calling and arrest Selena for murder. Locked up without bail, Catwoman finds that she isn't very popular in jail and must fight the other inmates just to stay alive and avoid a shiv. Will she make a deal with her new nemesis, the KG Creel, or is Orange the new black for Selena's foreseeable future? My number two pick is Wonder Woman number 58. The Just War Part 1, a new era of Wonder Woman begins as best-selling writer G. Willow Wilson makes her return to DC with art star Carrie, Carrie Nord joining the series. Far below Themyscira, Ares, the god of war, has been imprisoned for generations, repenting his past sins. But his new cellmate Grail may have an unexpected effect on him, and a plan they've come up with will change Themyscira and the world forever. When Wonder Woman rushes to Eastern Europe to rescue Steve Trevor from a mission gone wrong, she'll find herself face-to-face with a very new, very different God of War. And my number one pick for this week is Mr. Miracle number 12. The time has come. The epic finale of one of DC's best titles is finally here, and it'll be a miracle if you can get through this mind-bending conclusion with your sanity intact. After his epic battle with Darkseid, Scott Free sees life a whole new way. He's the new High Father of New Genesis, and he's madly in love with his wife and child. But what if it's all a lie? Did Mr. Miracle really escape death way back in issue number one? No one really knows for sure, except for, of course, Tom King and Mitch Dredds. Check out the final issue of Mr. Miracle on sale right now at your local comic book shop. 
That about wraps everything up for this week's edition of DC Comics News Podcast. Uh, thank you, everybody, for uh, for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I, please go out and, and share the podcast with your friends and family. You know, I'd I'd love to hear what everybody thinks of it. Um, head on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a, a four or five star rating and, uh, and and give us a review. It really helps us in the, in the rankings. Helps push us up. Helps get us seen by more people. And, and and that's always a good thing, you know. You want to spread the word of DC, and that's fantastic. Uh, do you have any questions that you'd like me to answer on the podcast? I'd be more than happy. It's something I really want to do. So please, 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 uh, you can email me some questions at Joshua J O S H U A at dccomicsnews.com. That's Joshua at dccomicsnews.com. Or you can head on over to Twitter uh, at dccomicsnews and use the hashtag. DCN mailbag. That's hashtag DCN mailbag, and just you know include your question, anything DC related. I'll be more than happy to answer on the next podcast. Uh, and like I said, be sure to follow us on all our social media uh, platforms: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, all at DC Comics News. And as always, everybody, please, please, please support your local comic book shops. Um, you know, if you have, you know, the time, take a moment and, uh, you know, and, and give some, some good thoughts to Stan Lee and, and his family. Um, uh, you know, since we, you know, that passing, it, it, it's, it's, it's a rough one for us. So be kind to each other, you know, tell your loved ones that you love them. And as always, read more comics. <laughs>